All right, everybody, on today's episode of Locked on Avalanche, the Ottawa Senators gave Jake Sanderson an eight-year deal. So, of course, we're going to make that all about us. And what does that mean for Devon Taves? Should we enjoy this maybe one last ride with Taves? Is it just going to be too much to keep him around? We'll talk about it. New episode Locked on Avalanche coming at you. Your Locked on Avalanche, your daily podcast on the Colorado Avalanche. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, everybody, welcome to the Locked On Avalanche podcast. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Chris Maselli. With me, as always, Mr. Shaggy Von Doom, Kyle Sullivan. Thank you for tuning in, making it your first listen of the day. That's always appreciated. Make sure to follow us on our social media outlets, L-O-P-N underscore Avalanche on Twitter, X, Locked On Avalanche on Instagram. Questions, comments, concerns, and opinions, LockedOnAvalanche at gmail.com. And follow us on YouTube, over on YouTube. Subscribe, get notified when a new show goes live. Definitely subscribe to our subtext as well. Link to that is in the show notes below. A lot of good stuff coming up with that when the season comes around. Uh, But get in on that now. Link to that is in the show notes below. Chat with Kyle and I, one-on-one. All right, uh, rundown. If you're watching on YouTube, uh, a pretty new rule that some European leagues have instituted in which they interview the refs following games. I like it. Um, The Bleacher Report came out with the top 10 teams that are the most fun or most, the the teams that you should, how do they word it, that that, that are most watched? No, I don't know. Most fun to watch. Most fun to watch, I guess. Yeah, and and the abs were not on the top 10, so we'll talk about that. But where we're going to start today is, uh, like we said in the opening, the Ottawa Senators... And Jake Sanderson came up with a new eight-year deal, uh, $8 million, $8.05 to be specific, uh, AAV per year. Um, he only had one year left on his ELC, so a new deal was going to have to be be signed. And this is it. Um, and, of course, when stuff like this happens, when a player on another team signs a pretty big deal, uh, you all, everybody scrambles to talk about players on their team that they have coming up that they need to sign and compare it to that and that deal that went down and, and you know, similar deals around the league because that's the going rate for defensemen or what is the going rate for defensemen. And for Sanderson to go from making less than a million dollars a year, which was his entry-level contract, to now catapulting him into a different tax bracket uh, over $8 million a year starting next season. Um, yeah, th- th- this comes into play for the Colorado Avalanche and one Devon Taves. And um, it, the, the more I want to just sit back and say, like, oh, everything will be okay, the more I, I just feel like it's not going to be. And <clears throat> this is the business part of – Sports, I, I I want him around as long as possible, and I just don't think it's going to be possible, Kyle. I think this is the last hoorah with Devon Taves, and I'm not even convinced it's going to last a full season. We'll get into that a little bit later, but I just feel like you know with, with the signings going down for a defenseman, um, we knew he was is going to be a little bit too rich because of what he's done since he's come over here. I don't know. I mean, like I, I'm kind of just settling into 
this is the last year that Devontae is going to be wearing burgundy and blue. You said Sanderson signed an eight-year, 8.05 AAV. Yeah. That would be double, basically double. Pretty much. Devon makes now. Right. He's making 4.1. Yes. Yeah. And he gave us about 50 points. It was 50 points on the nose in the regular Mm -hmm. season last year. Mm Mm-hmm. Do you, what is, what I'm trying to see here is, does Devontae's command that kind of money? A hundred percent he does. I'm not even hesitating answering that. Yeah, he's going to pass eight million per year with pretty much ease. Does, where is he going to find that eight million dollar team? It's not going to be with the Avalanche. That's the problem. Yes. There will okay. be a team that, that gives him that. Um, I don't know who that is right now because, you know, that, that's a year away. And, and I don't know all 32 teams and what their, their cap situation is like going into next year. But there will be a team that has cap space available. And there will be a team that offers him more than that. He will be in the, the Macar range of uh, in, around $9 million, I would say. And with the cap, uh, the, the cap might, you know, is supposed to go up a little bit. He might benefit off of that too a little bit more. Will he go more than Makar? There might be a team willing to to pay him more than that. It cannot be the Avalanche. It won't be them. I'm I'm curious. Like I I also am kind of. I think the writing's on the wall that we are losing Taze because mm-hmm. of not just this, but with Bo and Byram also knocking on the door. And the team getting younger, and it's one of those that Taze works well with the team, but the, the way the defensive identity is shifting, I don't know. I would love him to stick around. Oh my god! And that was going to be my next question to you, Chris. What mm-hmm. would be a team-friendly pitch to keep him around? Do you think so, a, <clears throat> like a, yeah. a six million dollar? You know what, man? Him around. I was going to bring this up. Um, I think one of the, the the things that I have to I've come to terms with, I fully think this is the last year Devontae's is is with the the Avalanche. And I also have to kind of remove the the phrase like hometown discount from my vocabulary. And I think a lot of fans, no matter what team you root for, I feel like this is a thing where like, well, hopefully they'll take a hometown discount. They don't exist anymore in sports. They really don't. And and the Avalanche have had a front row seat to team or to players not taking a quote unquote hometown discount. Uh, Nazem Kadri didn't take a hometown discount. We all wanted him to. Um, JT Comfort did not. Evan Rodriguez. I mean, I don't think the Avalanche, I could think they could have pursued him a little bit more. Uh, Brandon Saad was another one. Philip Grubauer was another one. Darcy Kemper was another one. The list could go on and on and on of players that the Avalanche wanted to keep but couldn't offer money. They could offer winning. And in all those scenarios, the player took the money. And I don't blame them for that. That's fine. Mm-hmm. If you, you know, if you want to cash in while you can, go get it. Hometown discounts are you know what? Fill in, fill in the blank. I, and I don't think Devon Daves is going to do that either to, for that. Like he has positioned himself to really cash in for this next contract. 
He's going to do that. And that's why I feel like it's just not going to happen with the avalanche because he's no, he's not. If they went to, if they went to him and said like, Hey, $6 million, you know, we can afford that. He'd be like, yeah, I can probably get three more million per year somewhere anywhere else. He would be stupid not to take that. And he's already won the, the championship. So he's, he's done everything here that he can. He's gone folks. I don't, and, and I know a lot of people are, are going to say like, uh, you could get rid of, of Sam Gerrard. I, I I know people are on that bandwagon. I don't feel like the Avalanche are. I feel like they they feel like they have Sam Gerrard at a good number, a relatively good number, and they don't feel like he's as bad as you think he is. I'm not saying you. There's a lot of the fan base. So no, I think they feel like they have Sam Gerrard at a, at a team friendly deal, believe it or not, um, and to give Devon Taves basically one million dollars more than than Sam Gerrard is making. Taves gonna be like, no, that's that's not. He he would love to stay, but the Abs just simply cannot afford him. I, I don't see how it's gonna happen. You know, I I I wonder what that deal would look like for a Taves. I, you mean a contract? Yeah, I like it's, in the grand scheme of things. If I was not wearing a Colorado Avalanche shirt right now. Mm-hmm. Is he one of those names that excite you as a free agent pickup? Yeah, dude, he's going to be. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, he, he is because when be you that hear guy. it, it's. You, I think with the Kale McCarr, you're like, oh yeah, that's the guy who always is on the pairing with Kale McCarr, and he's and we talked about it. The everydayers know when we did our our grades, it was kind of an invisible year. There was a lot more, um, like fundamental hiccups in this this last season, this last campaign for Taze. And well, it was, I think a, a lot it, of that is, you know, it, it was a struggle for a lot of guys last year because of so many injuries. Does he benefit from playing with Kale McCarr? Yeah. I don't think there's any doubt about that, but I don't it, think his, his drop off is so much that if you take him off of a, a pairing with Kale McCarr, he suddenly becomes just a, your, your average defender. I, I don't think that's that's the case for him. Like he I, he I, is a solid defender and he's going to cash in. Yeah, and I I just and you were talking about like the Sam Gerrard thing. I feel like this would be the time that you would move him to keep Taves because this, as of right now you're paying Sam Gerrard more. For well, you're right, you are. Yeah, you you are. And there's if when it comes push comes to shove, if I was asked to keep one of the two. It's mm-hmm. Taze all day long. I'm not even yeah. thinking about it. Right. So this would be one of those, instead of letting him walk for nothing, I might move Gerard for something, free up a little bit of that room, and keep the the Batman and Robin pairing of yeah. uh, Taze McCarr. Yeah. So I think, you know how we were always saying <clears throat> when, when the Eric Johnson contract is up, that money will just go to Nathan McKinnon? Which essentially it did, um, and he's still playing it, for us apparently. <laughs> yeah, for some reason he doesn't want to leave Colorado. He's still practicing with him. <clears throat> um, I think there's this. The same could be theoretical with get rid of that five million that is with Gerard, and then that goes right to Devon Taves, and there's your nine million, nine point one million. <clears throat> um, but it's not that simple because you, you you have you do have a lot of other guys you have to sign too. It doesn't, and then you have Gabe Landeskog coming back as well next year. Hopefully, <clears throat> there's seven million right there that's coming back on the books. 
So it's 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 not as simple as the Eric Johnson one. Um, and that's why I don't think and, – and even Peter Baugh was talking about this. He, he had a uh, – no, it wasn't Peter Baugh. I apologize. <clears throat> um, I think it was in Colorado Hockey Now. Um, that, that he, it, it's no, it wasn't that either. I'm sorry. I think it was mile high hockey. There we go. So I knew it was one of them. I think it was, my, I think it was, uh, Adrian from, uh, mile high hockey was talking about it. It is a possibility. And I kind of agree with him that, uh, the avalanche could trade Taves at some point during the season. And if, if it's me, if you can't figure out the numbers, if you can't figure out who to move around, because you would have to sign him this year, you have to sign that extension this year to be assured uh, you know, you got him obviously for the foreseeable future. If you can't get there, I am on the boat of you need to trade Devontae's because his stock right now is at an all-time high. And what you could get in return for him, you would be okay. You would be okay long term. You would be hurt for the rest, the remainder of this year for whenever you trade him, whether it's at the trade deadline or somewhere around the new year or something like that. But what you could get in return for him would be a minor king's ransom, maybe a prince's ransom, if you want to say that. And you know it would it would suck for the remainder of this year because you don't have that Batman and Robin duo, but you have Bo Byram there that you are hoping could eventually. You know, I think that's the long term feeling anyway. When you if you lose Devontae's, is okay. We have Bo Byram there. You also have how many defenders do they have in their system? Some are hopefully are ready to go pretty soon. Others are a few more years away. You have defenders in the hopper. I know you have Devontae's now, and they're not Taves, and they, they might not be, maybe not ever. But what you could get back, you could get players back. You could get immediate players back that, that help you right now for a playoff push. You could get draft picks. You could get prospects. You can get things in return for Devon Taves, and it might have to happen. You cannot. You cannot. I'll say it a third time, Kyle. You cannot let Devon Taves go for absolutely nothing. This is not JT Confer, of, of letting JT Confer go and letting Evan Rodriguez go. This is a guy who, who has immense value. You don't want to let him go. But it makes all the sense in the world. If you don't think you can you have can maneuver the numbers around, you have to move him to get because you can get a really good return for him right now. This is the business side of things, folks. I know it stinks, and we all love Taves. We all want we want him to retire as an Av, but I just don't see it happening. I I honestly I'm in the camp of you don't let him go. If they let Taves go and they bring in more hope and wish and a project you're getting a repeat of last year and what this looks like and if they hold on to sam gerard and let Taze go mm-hmm. we just talked about it on wednesday's episode the the grade for the confidence in the front office you just lost a letter grade i not for me not for me and i know some people will side with you i know i know probably a lot of them will side with you um but it what you would get in return would not be a project like it would be a a bona fide player that you can insert right now and and away you go. It's it, I don't know if it would be a defender. I don't know if you're trading a defender for a defender, or maybe if you need help. By the time you're 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 coming around to trading him, you are thinking about uh you know you know what what do we need? 
And if it's a forward, you can go get a really good forward for Devontae's right now. Could you not? You might can, but that's it's one of those. If you're losing Taze, your need shifts to defense. You don't need another right. forward. No, I mean it, it shifts. To, I mean it th- things would change on the defensive end, no doubt about it. No doubt. But it, but are you comfortable with Byram stepping up and being that guy with Kale? Hopefully Manson, who, who reports are he could be hurt already. Yeah. Um. Who knows? But it's too early to really speculate on that. But um, he wasn't out on the ice for practicing in day two, so was it just an off day? Who who the heck knows already? I don't know, man. Like this is we're already going long in this segment because it's a fascinating topic and yeah. it's something that we're going to be watching, um, all year long, with, without a doubt. So fire away in the comments. I know some people probably think I'm a lunatic, but <laughs> I, I don't want him to go. I don't either. But it it kind of would would make sense if you can't sign him. This is where the business comes in. Go get things for him, and you can get a lot. You can get a lot. All right, let's hear from FanDuel, and then we got a lot of other stuff to get to already. Man, we'll get to that. Why the abs aren't fun? You kidding me? Say what? Uh, But first, FanDuel in the football season is here. As we're recording this, the game is being played right now. See how much we care about the NFL? Uh, We're recording the show. Uh, But it's about to kick off. It has kicked off, and FanDuel is here giving you the chance to win all season long because right now when you bet a a Super Bowl winner, you can get bonus bets every time they win during the regular season. Pick your team. doesn't matter who it is. And when they win during the regular season, you get bonus bets for every victory. Go spend those bonus bets on whatever you want. Regular to straight up spreads, player props, over-unders, so much more. You can visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and start earning bonus bets with America's number one sports book. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Get over there. Make some bets. Bet the Broncos all day long. Yes, do it. (laughs) Um, All right. So on the Bleacher Report, Sarah Sivian put up an article on i'm gonna throw this up on youtube right now let's move some stuff around there you go so the the best the best teams to watch basically as far as fun the fun factor and you have to read her article in full it's not she just didn't put up a graphic up um and she she kind of admits that she's gonna probably take some heat for this um and she also says like fun doesn't necessarily mean just the best teams in the league Mm -hmm. and i agree with that uh but i do have some quibbles with some of these teams that she put on here first of all if you're not on youtube and you're listening uh through radio or audio whatever you're doing um i'll read them she's got she put the top eight up so from eight to one from number eight the dallas stars seven pittsburgh penguins six edmonton oilers uh five buffalo sabers four chicago blackhawks Three, Florida Panthers. Two, the New Jersey Devils. And at number one, she has a Seattle Kraken. The reason she has Seattle at number one is she feels like because they are a they're a four-line team. They roll, and she's right, they roll out four lines. All four lines are expected to, the fourth line is expected to kind of do what the top line does and go out there and produce points. And She's right. She's right. I and mean, would I put Seattle at number one? I don't know about that. But, yeah, I think Seattle is an entertaining and fun team to watch. But she's got them at number one. Um, what do you think overall? Just give me your, your take on that and then we'll break this thing down. Yeah. When it comes to fun teams, I, I like the clarification that it's not best teams because 
again, you don't see Colorado. You do not see Boston. You do not see your Tampa Bays. You're established. Carolina's not even up there. Mm. And they're not my favorite team in the league, but everybody always projects them to be a cup contender. Not and you in can't this list. you can't falter for for bias either because she covered Carolina for a while. Yeah, so <laughs> I mean she doesn't have money. But so. I I cannot disagree with that. The Seattle team is fun to watch, and I yeah. will if on an Avs off night I will throw on a Kraken game because that team is fun. They are sure. deep. How they play hockey is fun, and that environment, especially if it's a home game, that's just a great hockey game. Yeah, I the only the one that I question the most. Uh, how is the Edmonton Oilers fun to watch? Wow, really? I didn't know you were going to go there. Yes, I dude. I mean, when you got Connor McDavid on on your team, like that that dude's a human highlight reel. It's no, it's we're talking about fun. So like okay. this is this is the same story year in year out, year in year out with Edmonton. Like the fun is gone. Like if you want McDavid. <laughs> You can watch old clips on YouTube. Like it's not going to change. The narrative is going to be the exact same for the Oilers. So it's and it's kind of funny how I'm kind of defending Connor McDavid as a reason to watch Edmonton. I mean, she's got Chicago in here at number four for the sole reason of Connor Bedard, right? So well, that's it, new. If I if my phone could send me notifications on when Connor Bedard hits, like his shift is about to start. I'll turn on a Blackhawks game and yeah. then uh, 30, 45 seconds later, I'll, I'll shut it off because I just don't think the Blackhawks are going to be that exciting, save for him. Um, but, you know, and I make that argument and then kind of defended Connor McDavid. But that, that's a different animal right now with McDavid. You know what you're going to get. I think down the road, you know what you're going to get for Bedard. But like we're throwing so many eggs in the Bedard basket right now. And dudes, you know, hasn't stepped foot out there yet. I get why she puts him there. Would I put him at four? God, no. No. God, no. I don't know why. Pittsburgh's on here. If you want to watch some geriatric hockey, feel free. Uh, I, 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 Pittsburgh is just not going to be an exciting team. I know they have a bunch of new guys. I just don't feel like they're going to be that exciting. Sure, I think Dallas will be exciting. Buffalo is definitely going to be exciting. The uh, New Jersey Devils are definitely going to be exciting. My question is... Are, are the Colorado Avalanche not an exciting and fun team to watch anymore? Like, do, they're, do, a machine. Uh, they're a hockey you, machine. Uh, I mean, any any possession, Kale McCarr can you know break ankles and snap knees. Uh, you know what what Nathan McKinnon does on a nightly basis is just being shot out of a cannon. Um, you you have superstars on that team. They are a fun team to watch. Well, it on uh, the quest to the cup for the Colorado Avalanche, they took the fun out of the playoffs. We always mm. say it's the hardest road to get to the championship. The Avalanche did with ease, sweeping two of those rounds. Mm. Like, after, like, you're like, okay, that's a really good team. And even with their injuries that they suffered last year, like, you just knew that's a good Avalanche team that got beat by the number one team on this list because they were deeper. Mm -hmm. But yeah. when you put... It's one of those that you know how Avalanche games are going to go because that you just know the Avs are good. They're probably going to win this game. Why am yeah. I watching this game? That's probably well, it's, it, where, but, but the it's, logic behind this. Is but same it's with the how, Boston Bruins. Right. But it's how they go about winning. You know what I mean? Like wa watching Kale McCarr just dance around the ice is just. Oh, you know, I, I've never yeah. been to the ballet, but I'm sure it's uh, very similar to that. <laughs> And having and having that that entire defensive core, 
and the forwards that they did last year. And all of this hinged on Yorgiev and goal looking really, really good. And nobody's talking about that storyline that like he was a backup, never mm. got the job. And now what could have been in New York? Yeah. I don't know. I thought it was an interesting thing. Most of them I agree with. Uh, there's just a couple on there that were glaring to me, mainly the Blackhawks and the Penguins. But um, I definitely think the Avalanche are a top eight fun and exciting team to watch still to me. Yeah. So thoughts, uh, throw them in the comments section. And anybody else that, that, that should be on here outside of the Avalanche, any teams that you feel like uh, should be on here, then just throw them in the comments section. Uh, last thing we're going to get to is, uh, yeah, that new rule over in some European leagues about interviewing the refs after games. We're going to get to that next. And the last thing we want to get to is, uh, like we said, yeah, there, there's a new rule in a few European leagues. I don't, I don't, don't have the exact leagues in front of me, but, um, they are going to interview refs following games to talk you know whoever if if this was tnt you're going to get paul bizonette interviewing refs uh kind of explaining some calls and if there was some questionable calls uh they'll they'll ask him about it to me this is like a no-brainer thing that should have been happening decades ago across all sports i don't understand why, why refs just can duck out of a building and not have an interview process like all the players have to do. The players just went to war, and you do it 82 times in a season, and you're expected to sit in front of press even after a tough loss, and the last thing you want to do is talk to anybody. You have to go do that. Um, And the refs can just pack up, shower up, go home, and don't have to talk ever about anything. The league will come out and say, oh, they missed this call, or we support them on this call. But I think doing this kind of just gives some insight as to why they called it. Now, they can say, like, I haven't gone back and reviewed it, but this is what I saw live, live action. You know, everything happens fast. I get that. But you can at least get something from the refs on why they what they saw and why they called something. I think this is like we we should be implementing this like now. Yeah, and I think. This goes back to previous conversations we had. This is the way for the NHL to be different. I know the NBA has their referees do the last two minute report. Um, yeah, do they in the NBA? Yeah, the NBA but, does that. They have a last two minute report, just kind of breaking down the logic behind everything and holding. But the that's just a report. Like they don't actually talk to them, right? No, and it comes yeah. out afterwards. But this has been something the NBA has been begging for, NFL has been begging for, MLB especially. Mm-hmm. Um, this is the way for the NHL to get out in front of everybody and do that. Mm-hmm. But in my mind, hearing this, all I just keep thinking is, oh, great. This is just going to be a West Macaulay thing. That's going to be the only way they're going to be wanting <laughs> well, to talk to. And, and the way they can make it very friendly to the refs, right? You don't need to have the entire cast of whatever post-game show um, it, it, just grilling these guys. You can make it comfortable for them. We'll only have one guy interviewing you questions and he'll only ask you three questions and then you're out. You know what I mean? Like just, just set it up where they're not going to feel bombarded. Cause I, I mean, and then they might, you know, that that's not going to go over too well either, but just, Hey, this is uh and maybe you could even show them the replay. Say, this is a replay. Do you still agree with that call? Or if you don't want to do that, put them on the spot right away. I, I'm, I'm not, 
just something, just a little bit of, of, Hey, what, what went on there and why was it called the way that it was called? And even if you don't like that answer still, at least we heard from them out of their own mouths as to why it went that way. And it doesn't have to be an every game thing. Like there are some, there are a majority of the games that the refs get out. Not many penalties were called. It was a pretty good game. Yeah. I don't need to hear uh, on a on a one nothing win. Like, why did you call a hooking? It doesn't need to be mandatory every game. But when you make those too many men on the ice calls, or <laughs> offsides a, in the playoffs calls, offsides yeah. in the playoffs, you do need to back that up. If it's yeah, going to so. be controversial, like the media could say, "Hey, you need to explain this," and they need to come and be before the teams and media availability come out there and explain the logic behind the call, but it doesn't need to be every night because I don't want to hear the crowd was nice tonight. Teams seem like I don't need a summary, just yeah. explanation <laughs> on controversial calls. Yeah. Uh, I just want something. Yes. Just something. I feel like it's time in the age of information. Uh, we're not getting it right from the, the people who control the game technically. So let's start doing this. Um, <laughs> But we also are fans of the NHL, and we have a shield, and we haven't used shield since like the 1800s, so we're not going to innovate. (laughs) Not happening. All right, fire away in the comments section uh, on anything that we talked about today. And uh, yeah, no crossover because the the network was busy. We we had a couple lined up, but they just fell through. So next week, we only got a couple more before the season starts, and then that'll go away till next summer. But now we thank you for tuning in for today and making this your first listen of the day. That's always appreciated. Uh, for Mr. Shaggy Von Doom, Kyle Sullivan, I'm Chris Maselli. This is the Locked On Avalanche podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Enjoy the weekend. We'll see you guys on Monday. Go, Abs, go. Go, Abs, go.